Greetings to you listeners and welcome to a very special Christmassy edition of the Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. This week, Michael gets overexcited about the Eagle Huntress. I'll be talking about medieval Oxford, but first, here's Maddie with lots of weekend fun. First up, I'm going to talk about Christmas at the Castle which is a specially themed festive tour at the castle prison when a character tour guide will tell you the tales of Saxon, Norman, Georgian and Victorian Christmases past um, as you journey through the castle buildings. So what is now Malmaison um, and previously was the prison was also a Norman castle and it even hosted royalty in bygone years. Um, which is just one of many facts you may find out on the Christmas tour. So it's every day from the 17th to the 23rd of December from 10am to 4.20pm. They're a regular tour, so if you turn up then you can join on to a tour. And the tickets are £10.75 for adults, £9 for concessions or students, and £7.50 for children. So you can book in advance by going onto their website. And that will be a great experience. Yeah, nothing makes me feel festive like a prison. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like an interesting Christmas you once had. <laughs> Long ago. <laughs> Never again. I was just, yeah, my parents said I was away. I was <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, there is a Christmas show on at the Story Museum called Three Bears, which is a new musical storytelling show for children aged three and upwards and their families. And it's inspired by classic myths about the bear. So the show covers many famous bears from across history, from the pair who twinkle in our sky every night to the trio who have very particular porridge habits. Um, It's at the Story Museum and it starts today, Wednesday the 14th of December, and it finishes on Sunday the 8th of January. So you've got a long time to to catch it. Um, And the full times and dates are on the event listing on our website. Tickets range from £7 to £14, and we have a reviewer going along, so keep an eye out for the review when it comes out, if you need further convincing. Some musical events now, and this week, once again, we've got carols coming out of our ears. Uh, we may not be may not be singing any for you, but there's, there's a chance you might hear maybe even a new and original carol by the end of the, of the broadcast. So to start us off, something wonderfully out of the ordinary, uh, this Saturday the 17th, there's a 17th century Christmas um, from the Oxford Waits, a band of musicians and singers who appear in period costume and enliven their concerts with street ballads, dance tunes um, and also readings from uh, diarists and poets of the era, so you get a bit of peeps. Hmm. Peeps. Um, Samuel. Yes. The very same. My favourite of all the peeps. I haven't seen them live, but I've, I've heard them uh, in their recordings. And they've got wonderful singing voices and skills in a huge array of instruments. Uh, I do, you know, I lo- do like my kind of archaic or unusual instruments. Mm. And there's some I've just never heard of here before. What? As you might expect, you know, we've got violin, lute and tambourine. Um, plenty of vocals, but a narrator. Recorder, yes. Uh, a shaum. What's that? Mm. <laughs> wow, it's a wind instrument, um, and I I know this because 
back in the day when I had a lovely Yamaha keyboard and it had so many instruments <laughs> I'd never heard of. It had a, a weird digitized version of a Xiaom. So I know it from that. This is going to be more authentic. Um, the same person who plays the, the Xiaom, Tim Healy, narrator guy, uh, also plays the Pandora. What on earth what? is that? It's a type of bracelet, isn't it? Or is it a box? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just imagining someone opening and closing a box a few times to okay. sort of create and having like <gasps> instead of facts, <laughs> yes. yes, yeah, yeah, I'm being yeah. overwhelmed by the contents. Yeah. Instead of facts, let's have imaginations. Okay, you've got wonderful imaginations. So let's see what you think these things might be. Oh. Um, Edward Fitzgibbon on the Theorbo. Uh, the- how do you spell T H T H E O R B O? The Theorbo. Wow, like a longer oboe. Oh, interesting. It's like <laughs> long ago. Yeah. I'm thinking, because it's got the orb in there, ah. it's got to be, maybe it's got just a bulbous, something bulbous. To do with God. <laughs> Theological orb. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Um, Fitzgibbon also plays the Orpharion. The what, sorry? This is amazing, isn't it? Like, <laughs> J.K. Rowling couldn't come up with this stuff. The Orpharion. Is that uh, abandoned children? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> An instrument made of... Abandoned <laughs> in a choir or something. Absolutely <laughs> chilling, guys. Um, um, we probably know what this is, but it's fun to say anyway. Ian Giles on the hurdy gurdy. Oh yes, hurdy gurdy, hurdy gurdy, and <laughs> as well as hammer dulcimer, a fiddle, and a second hurdy gurdy. I kid you oh. not. Um, we have Chorus Edwin. of hurdy gurdies. <laughs> <laughs> they just. I hope they collect good man as a herd of hurdy gurdies. Um, Edwin Pritchard also on the nickel harpa. N y c k e l. H A R P A. Isn't that one of those ones where you it's like a keyboard but you but they're tiny Oh, oh the you metal Yeah. yeah. You have metal plectrums like, on ding, your ding, fingers. Ding, ding, ding. Is that I don't know how don't you know. play it exactly. No. But it looks like a keyboard yeah. but with metal mm. and it's like slightly upturned and then you sort of yeah. ding metal it. Metal times. Yeah. <laughs> and the Oxford Waits they have loads of experience, not quite three centuries of experience, but um, they've performed loads of festivals, churches, theatres. They um, and been on the radio. But at the opening of Oxford Castle, the royal opening back uh, ten years ago, they performed before Her Majesty the Queen. Oh. There you go. Uh, she came to open Oxford Castle. Mm. Wow. So I'm sure you'll hear a selection of music from their CD, probably also for sale, called Hey for Christmas. Charming. <laughs> <laughs> Just what all the horses want. Exactly, yes. But um, it being a festive event, you may miss out on some of the things I was listening to earlier, including a delightful round called Cuckoo. This is about a cuckoo. They oh. all sing. Them. And that, which is followed by the Ranting Whore's Resolution. Uh, <laughs> a lot more fun. <laughs> That's I think. quite appropriate for New Year's Eve. I suppose so. <laughs> it was the, like the politest, mellowest rant I've ever heard. Um, uh, as as Ranting Whores go. Whores or The resolution horses. of a Ranting Whore. Oh. It's, uh, song title you don't expect mm. particularly um, in case you're wondering about their name the Oxford Waits um, town waits historically speaking or city waits were in olden times in England and Scotland the watchmen who patrolled during the night using a musical instrument to signal that they were on duty and to like, mark the hours that they passed by mm. uh, the rule kind of changed they used to dress up in colourful liveries as indeed the Oxford Waits will um, in a few days' time at the Hollywell Music Room um, and added dignity to ceremonial occasions. Um, but weirdly, this practice was abolished um, in 1835, as you all wanted to know. 
um, that their name lingered on as Christmas Waits, uh, who could be any group for of... No, s- sorry. <laughs> for no apparent reason. <laughs> for no man. Ah, Christmas Waits for no man. So the, the, the name lingered on as a Christmas Waits that became a more mm. festive-oriented endeavour, and this could be any group of singers or musicians who formed a band to play carols for money um, around the town or the village. Go along for the experience. It's going to be at uh, the Hollywell Music Room this Saturday. Uh, the two performances actually, one at half three in the afternoon and one at 7.30 at night. Uh, tickets are £14, £12 concession. A uh, less retro and entirely timeless pursuit of uh, singing and drinking. This one's going to be a bit more uh, participatory. Beer and carols Excellent. at the Isis Farmhouse. Yay. What a combo. Beer and carols. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I imagine the singing will be lusty. I was thinking, though, I hope they will also have mulled wine and stuff. Because are you about to tell us that they are? It's <laughs> funny you should mention that, Maddie, because the wine they have is indeed mulled. Oh, good. And the pies they have are indeed mince. Oh, fantastic. Because I, I really want to go, but then I was thinking I don't like beer. Oh. And I do love what's normally available at carol concerts. So. Yeah. So, let's uh, uh, candle it. It's candlelit. Yeah, this uh, candlelit experience. Um, as far as I know, it's probably like holding the candles rather than just um, around the room. So they'll, they'll give you the candles and you can have fun with those. Try not to extinguish it with your lustily jiggled ale. Um, and it's in the wonderfully atmospheric Isis farmhouse, uh, the, the barn. It's organised by an organisation called HOME. Uh, HOME is a progressive, all-age Christian community of spiritual seekers sparing, sharing spiritual practices in the city of Oxford. And pictures from last year's bash show that it was indeed an all-ages event. And there are mandolins and little persons wearing antlers or dressed as angels. Um, and greenery woven around the eaves of the barn. This is very nice. Candles for everyone, bringing that uniquely Christmassy atmosphere just as the sun's set. And beautiful views of the trees and skies of Iffley Fields. Go to that at the Isis Farmhouse. It's this Sunday from 4 to 5 pm. And goodness me, it's free. Goodness me. Absolutely goodness me. Um, don't worry if you're a, a bit out of the way. I'm sure similar things will be happening around the county, including Carol's in the pub at the White Hart at Wolvercote. Mm. Um, when is that? With the, with the pies and the wine. Uh, the same evening, Sunday at, from 6 till 8. So you could probably just about get from the Isis Farmhouse to Wolvercote <laughs> in an hour. Doing a Carol crawl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be excellent. That wow. would be so fun. Although you wouldn't be able to walk it, so if you had much beer, then mm. oh no, you could cycle it. Yeah, <laughs> or just hire a taxi to wait for you. Oh. It is possible to do a carol crawl, and if you just like basically search carols and on Daily Info, and you can find all the relevant events. Um, I was going to give a shout out to the service at St Aldate's as well, Sunday at six, um, because they uh, they run the same service two weeks running. I was there last week. Hmm. Beautiful, just beautiful building. Um, it's been going for a thousand years. I mean, that's gosh, that's kind of cool. Mm. And when it's candlelit, I mean, you have an orchestra, band, and and access to the mold and mincy things that I was mm. talking about earlier. And it's all free. How can you refuse? Did you know that the Oxford Food Bank supplements between seven thousand and ten thousand meals per week? through rescuing fresh food from supermarkets and wholesalers. Like, that's astounding. Mm. That's huger than I thought. 
Usually they collect about one ton of fresh food per day from caterers and supermarkets and then transport the food to charities in Oxford. But since it's the season of excess, they are collecting about 10 tons per week, which is astonishing. Seriously? Yeah, it's just gross. Um, Despite many of the charities being closed over Christmas, the Oxford Food Bank aren't letting all that fresh food go to waste and are instead serving it up as a Christmas lunch, which is open to everyone. So tell your friends. Um, I spoke to Cathy Howard, manager of the Oxford Food Bank, about how the idea came about. Well, it's actually one of our volunteers came up with the idea, Sarah Strong, and we did pilot it last year, but uh, we did forget about the logistical side. But this year we're ready. We started planning in July. <laughs> Gosh. And we've now got 60 drivers with their own cars who are going to pick people up and bring them to the venue, sit and eat with them, because yeah. everyone's a guest. It doesn't matter why you're there. The idea behind the Christmas lunch is that it's really a celebration of community of charities and volunteering and we've said anyone can come to it so we put the word out through all our charities and their clients obviously all invited yeah and people in the community who hear about it yeah uh, and if you know of anyone who might be isolated and might not know about the meal you could let them know and perhaps arrange to bring them in <laughs> or, yeah. or we can arrange a driver possibly but it's a food surplus Christmas lunch so um, the idea is you come and help us reduce food waste by eating Mm. with us <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to do it um how many turkeys do you estimate you need 35 gosh we've got two so far okay <laughs> <laughs> and these will be turkeys that will be otherwise wasted but we will get them i know <laughs> <laughs> wonderful to help make this lunch happen what are you still in need of we could use some big kitchens Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we've got use of the King Centre itself um, and kudos to them they've given us the run of the place for the day or two days actually Christmas Eve as well oh. for free use of all the equipment um, it's not quite big enough to cook 35 turkeys so we're <laughs> going to have to have a think about that so yeah. if anyone does know of a big catering establishment they'll be happy late Christmas Eve or early Christmas Day yeah. to cook an awful lot of turkeys that would be fantastic we could also do with the loan of another minibus. We've got a couple so far, but another one would be really nice. And finally, we need a magician. Oh! <laughs> yes. There've been lots of children there. Uh, we do have a children's entertainer, but we really had our hearts set on a magician. And okay. one hasn't come forward yet, so if you can magic one up, yep, that'd well, be great. <laughs> we'll do our best. <laughs> Listen to the full interview to find out more about how the food bank operates and how you can keep them going. And make sure to book your place for Christmas lunch at the King Centre on Osney Mead. Uh, that's on Christmas Day. It starts at 12.30 until 4 and it's free. Um, so make sure to book your place and tell those who you think will be interested about it. There are more details available at www.oxfordfoodbank.org. For a few minutes, I'd like to talk to you without the bells ringing or the children singing. That's right, the following events are non-Christmassy. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Although they may involve some Christmas, but I'll try and sort of, you know, edit that out. Try and minimise yeah. or at least use some synonyms so we can yeah. tell that it's Christmas And maybe, yeah, some synonyms. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll try that. Okay, so to start off, we have Robinson Crusoe and the Pirate Queen, which is a... 
seasonal interactive theatre experience. Where some people may be behind other people. And there may be sweets. Mm. Uh, yes, involving sweets, <laughs> hilarious japes. Oh, and some cross-dressing, I imagine, although Good. I don't actually know. Good. Which is at the Chipping Norton Theatre, running until the 8th of January. It's been running since the 16th of November. Um, there's a review up on the site which says it is which <laughs> says it is a dream panto. For more details on times, dates and prices, have a look at the event listing on our site or ring them up. Because they vary a lot, so I'm not going to say them all here. So second in our non-festive event list is the ice hockey. Because the Oxford City Stars will have a game on Sunday, which is the 18th of December, and there will be a teddy bear toss. <laughs> you can bring a bear, or you can buy one on the day from the supporters' stand. <sighs> and when the Stars score their first goal, it's the green light to throw your teddy onto the ice. And all the profits from the buying of the bears and the teddies themselves will be delivered to the John Radcliffe Children's Ward uh, during the Christmas period by the stars themselves. So let's hope they score a goal at all. I was going to say, what happens if they don't? Then I guess you throw them at the end. Although I can't speak for the organisation of the Oxford City Stars. Um, So that's Sunday the 18th of December at quarter past six at the Oxford Ice Rink. Sounds bare good. Have you ever wondered what a medieval Christmas would be like? No. (laughs) No, I don't think many people have. (laughs) I'm I'm not even creative enough to have thought of that, but now I'm embarrassed. Well, wonder no more. (laughs) Okay, I'll stop. That lasted a long time, like all of two seconds of you wondering, Mm. so, you know... Because Professor M.J. Toswell will be exploring Christmas in the medieval university at the Ashmolean Museum on Thursday. So that's tomorrow between 1 and 2 p.m. Professor Toswell will be discussing the various visiting monarchs who celebrated Christmas in Oxford. This included King John and Henry III, who in fact came to Oxford twice. Nice little linear progression through the podcast there. Because I mentioned that too. Yeah. Visiting monarchs. Visiting monarchs. So many links. How exciting. It's almost like we researched it. Mm. (laughs) So I've got a few medieval Christmas facts for you, for your delight. Uh, Technically, right now, since we're in the season of Advent, we should be fasting and repenting our sins. I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, guys. We we haven't been doing that, so we should really get on that. I mean, we've got a giant bowl of chocolate so it's gonna be difficult yeah maybe that's just gonna be more of a challenge which will sharpen our spiritual disciplines yeah it's part of the challenge yeah so that was what happened in medieval time yeah they they didn't really eat much for ages and then they sort of had a 12 day celebration hence 12 days of christmas oh Oh. when they ate the rings and so which started on the 25th yes so we're doing it all wrong really. yeah so we should be going from christmas day to Mm. the 12th night Okay, so have you heard the the phrase to eat humble pie? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, it turns out um, humble pie was made from the humbles of a deer, so the heart, liver, brains, and so forth. So while lords and ladies ate the choice cuts, the servants baked the humbles into a pie, which is the origin really of the phrase. It really sounds like baked the humble people into the pie. Well, it was then given to their servants as a sort of like, okay. ah, present, uh-huh. have the dear brains eat the 
Humble pie. Yeah. The entrails. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Delicious entrails. So wrong. When you say eat to eat humble pie, what does that mean? To be, to like, know your place a bit? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Does that mean you realise your rank and yeah. your servitude? And you're, oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> All becomes clear. Childermas, or Holy Innocence Day, was on December the 28th. And that was said to be the day King Herod ordered the killing of all the boys under the age of two in an attempt to kill Jesus. Ah. So nowadays you might be, expect uh, kids to be playing with their new toys over the holiday season. In medieval times, they were cowering in cupboards because uh, children were reminded of Herod's cruelty by being beaten. No way. Yeah. That's you awful. Would, really terrible. <laughs> you would use historical infanticide mm-hmm. as an excuse. Whoa. That's yeah. horrible. Let's, okay. Any comical glorification of medieval times maybe end there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm, well, fine be, I'm fine to be in the 21st century. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've got one more. Okay. Bring it. <laughs> so I just, I gravitate towards the gross ones, so sorry about this. <laughs> William the Conqueror was crowned King of England in Westminster Abbey on Christmas Day in, what year do you reckon? Wait, sorry, William the Conqueror? Yep. Uh, 1066. Correct. This was such a momentous occasion that cheering inside the abbey made the guards outside think think that the king was being attacked. So they ran to his assistance and the coronation ended in a riot with people (laughs) killed and houses burnt. Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) They were celebrating so hard they they had to burn stuff. Yeah. Mm. Again, didn't really see the logic there. Well... Hopefully this talk will bring some more logic to their action. Uh, so it's Christmas in the Medieval University at the Ashmolean on Thursday between 1 and 2pm. Tickets are £5 or £4 for concessions and booking is essential. And finally, our customary trip to the cinema uh, closes out the podcast this week. And as you may be aware, it's quite a, quite a big release. Quite a big release coming out this oh, week. Oh, really? Something, something starry, something warry. Oh. Oh, I haven't heard um, anything about this at all. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I actually hadn't, but I've never seen any of the Star Wars films. Uh, so. okay. Fair, fair. And to be fair, until last year, I had never seen a whole one before, so I revised with the original trilogy before watching the new one. Mm. It's a very good move. It was a great move, because I, I then realised that the new one was better than the original trilogy. <laughs> But maybe you're like my housemate who literally, uh, in when when it was coming out, the trailer for uh, Rogue One was, was coming on, closed his eyes and put his fingers in his ears and went la 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 quietly to himself. It's so fun. Wow. He just, he just won't know anything. He must be entirely ah. shocked and surprised by the experience as it hits him in the face. <laughs> so maybe you don't want to know. Maybe I'll talk about something else. Maybe you're a bit of a Rogue One who wants to see other non-starry, non-worry things. If so, there's something wonderful uh, being released on Friday. It's a... Uh, the Phoenix Picture House. Uh, it's called the Eagle Huntress. The Eagle Huntress, as as Katie alluded to earlier, and from the moment I saw the trailer, it was, I was just beaming, through and called people over to watch it. <laughs> so, it's a, it's a documentary follows a thirteen year old Kazakh uh, becoming the first female eagle hunter. That's a hunter with eagles rather than a hunter of eagles. It's mm. not like killing them. Don't worry. Uh, in the stunningly shot Altai Mountains um, in Mongolia. Um, and indeed, there's a bit of a Star Wars connection. It's narrated by Daisy Ridley. Hmm. Huzzah! So she's part of a, a nomadic community um, 
a Kazakh minority in Mongolia. East Asian Muslim use the Cyrillic alphabet. It's the least populous place in the world. Mm. Um, wow. Snowy, rocky terrain of the Altai Mountains is beautiful and um, inhabited by lots of golden eagles. So they oh. borrow an eagle, right, okay. um, when it's old enough to fly but still young enough that it's like, okay, I'll come along. Um, and they're trained to help in fox hunting for seven years and then they're returned. So they go oh, back right. into the wild and they can do whatever they like afterwards and they just chill and say goodbye. Onto the scene comes our heroine, Aisholpan, who comes from a long line of eagle hunters um, and has the skills and the uh, drive to follow in her dad's footsteps. So this tradition's been passed down from father to son for a, about a couple of millennia, ah. some guess, which is a long, 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 long time. And that's a long time also to not include women. Uh, so she's not only supposedly the first, um, but also the youngest competing at a, at a at a competition as well, which ah. which the film kind of ends up on. And she's the first female ever and the youngest. So she's <laughs> kind of up against it and you're utterly rooting for her. So the director, Otto Bell, was um, intrigued by this situation, but a bit nervous that the, the family might be might not be comfortable being filmed but um the 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 father was like really up for it and was like so today we're going down the mountain to steal an eagle do you want to film that (laughs) yeah maybe i do and yeah that's part of what makes it a great deal there's um supportive and open-minded parents first of all um kind of terrifying vertiginous drops a 13-year-old carrying a 10-kilogram bird on her arm while galloping through the snow. <laughs> and then on the other side of the camera, you've got the challenge of sticking around in minus 50 degrees C. Ah, uh, Temperatures. How can it be that cold? How can you be out... How can yeah. humans... I don't understand. I think being ridiculously wrapped in things and also running about on a horse, um, they had to put up with that and with funding running out entirely and emergency requests to, weirdly, Morgan Spurlock of Super Size Me, don't know, just thought they'd give him a cold call or they didn't even, um, and grabbed his attention and he was like, yes, I'm in, this sounds great. (laughs) And (laughs) it's shortlisted now for the, sorry, the documentary feature category at the Oscars and I can see why, because it's... Yeah, not only heartwarming, like the determination and cherubic face of, of everyone. <laughs> um, and the absolutely stunning panoramas and such situations as her being like lowered down a, a cliff face with only a rope tied around her waist and a GoPro in her hat. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, head down to the Phoenix from Friday and also from Thursday uh, at the Phoenix and everywhere that's got a screen and is allowed to show it is the aforementioned Rogue One a Star Wars story open brackets 12a closed brackets <laughs> which is a Star Wars story so it's not really in the flow exactly of what's been released thus far it's kind of between the prequels and the originals which I guess makes it an equal <laughs> or something like that and um, Time-wise, we're at the period when Anakin Skywalker has... Spoilers are involved here, if you haven't seen anything before. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> exactly, well done. Um, so Anakin Skywalker has become 
Darth Vader by this stage, and as his empire is on the rise, some well-meaning sorts mount a rebellion. Well, headed up by Jin Erso, who's played by Felicity Jones, who's maybe oh, cool. She's really cool. Yeah. She's so cool. I don't, yeah. Who is maybe as far as he can possibly be from her uh, role in the Theory of Everything? <laughs> she was yes. Quite, you know, strength of character, yes, but a bit of daintiness was also involved. Mm. Um, and here she's like steely, rough cannon, and who, in the face of an oppressive regime, sees the necessity of civil disobedience. And amongst the rest of a great cast is Forrest Whitaker. Yay, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Who's uh, trying to keep Jin from going too far. Sorry, Jin, I know it's a drink, but just try to try to ignore that. M- more cast members. Mads Mikkelsen, who gets to be a goodie for once. You know, with that? Um, oh, yeah. He was, like, pretty evil and also kind of a boring character in Doctor Strange. But, yeah, he's he's her dad. Dad's oh. like, don't, don't, don't go too mental. Um, and uh, amazing martial artist slash actor slash director Donnie Yen who I've seen in Ip Man um, as a blind warrior who he, he does literally kick some literal asses <laughs> great fun. Uh, in this I'm excited maybe leave it a few days if you want to avoid the stampede mm-hmm. um, I may be going to see it in January <laughs> <laughs> come join me if you're patient enough uh, but Rogue One Star Wars Story opens at one minute past midnight this Thursday morning, which is effectively Wednesday night, but you know. So that's it for the next two weeks. We hope you have a lovely Christmas and a very happy new year. We'll join you in the new year. I was going to say new and improved, but we think we're pretty great already. (laughs) Um, For information about everything Christmassy happening in Oxford, including tree recycling, uh, New Year's Eve parties, and volunteering opportunities check out our christmas page at dailyinfo.co.uk slash christmas find us on social media we're on facebook twitter and instagram as at dailyinfo oxford and also keep an eye out for our advent calendar which has a diy treat every day of advent it's really fun so many gift ideas and also launching my career as a lip model um (laughs) so have a look out for that hope that's intriguing as I mentioned earlier, um, Christmas carols are still being written nowadays. They're not all from many centuries ago. Um, one has been written, indeed, by a non-human composer. Uh, yes, it's an AI, the first AI Christmas song, we believe. Created by academics at the University of Toronto. And it's going to play us out because it's so joyous and nuts. in the world is a blessing I'm always been there for the rest of our lives a hundred and a half hour above I am glad to meet you I can hear the music coming from the Christmas tree